This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Guys, welcome to your weekly or bi-weekly master's class. I mean, if you, I guess if you listen to one of the part one one week and then part two the next week, it would be bi-weekly, in sure. all fairness, <laughs> to be fair. Yes, correct. But uh, yeah, so uh, we're back in their Marvel, our Marvel uh, continuum. You yes. guys are going to be really disappointed when we get to the end of the MCU and yeah. uh, you check back in and we're talking about fucking DC movies or some shit. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're no, not. No, no. We're talking about the X-Men MCU. Exactly. <laughs> the and we'll Fox. move on to that. We'll go to the X-Men series next. And then after that, maybe we'll start doing like the, the Sony like spider series. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Yeah. We're, I mean, we this got, is like this is like a, a big comfy chair. Yeah, we got movies, all the know? Marvel. Yeah. And then when we eventually get way, way down the road, we'll do like the old shitty Captain America. And all. <laughs> oh, please. Please. Yeah. Can we do that? We're going to watch party those probably. <laughs> That's our mystery science theater watch yes, party. Yes, absolutely. Fresh. Uh, we won't watch them before. No, no. We like got to all wait. be, fr- you know, fresh view. <laughs> You gotta, yeah. That's that's important. You gotta go in blind because those movies will surprise you with their shittiness. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a slap so, in the face. Very true. <laughs> it's so bad, so bad. It's good. I mean, Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. You can watch Dolph Lundgren's Punisher for an hour and twenty minutes and not know you watched a Punisher movie. <laughs> it's amazing. I know. How was the Thomas Jane version compared I, to the comic or like? I, I like that it. movie, but yeah, I liked you know. it. I thought it was good, and it, there you get lots of comic book stuff. You get lots okay. of Easter eggy stuff. So, all right, that's I cool. have a soft spot for those, man. I thought they were they were cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Punisher, right. Punisher. There were a lot of weird Punisher movies. Now that I think of yeah. it, there was one. I guess you could call it like a direct-to-video situation. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember the guy. Who, who they cast in it. The actor just looked like they drew uh, Just the so you know, I've already got every Marvel movie ever from history that I can I can, I can put them in Google Drive. So if you want any of them, I have them all. Nice. You, I had a day one day where I just downloaded everything. Can you please? Yes, Why I haven't will. you done that yet? Because I have to load them from my hard drive back onto the computer to do it, but I will yeah, do but that. I, but I'm your right. friend. I've been good have, to you, man. I'm yeah, your I have the X-Men MCU. I have the Fantastic Fours. I have yeah. all the Spider-Mans. No, 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 but I want the Fantastic I have Four... The, that was never released. Oh, the one from uh, Arrested Development, with, <laughs> where uh, no. David Cross was was he was the thing. That's I want I want that one too. But no, I want the 1980s yeah, Fantastic Four movie that was produced and never released. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I will do what I can. I will try yeah. to do that, make that happen. I even have Howard the Duck, which is a Marvel movie. Howard the Duck would be great. Also, the first Spider-Man movie, not Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. but yeah. the '70s one. I'm pretty sure I have them all because I okay. went. I got one day on like a 
a binge of just trying to find every Marvel movie ever because I wanted to load up my my uh, my my sand disc or whatever the hell thing that was in the back of my TV. That's <laughs> the yeah. four terabyte hard drive I put on the back of my TV. I just Velcro it to the back of my TV and plug it into the USB port. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, going back to that Punisher movie, the direct to video, was that Ray Stevenson? It might have the been guy, Ray Stevenson. The guy who played yeah. Volstagg. With know, the in, slick in, back hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was, it was him. Yeah, it was him. Um, speaking of uh, Punisher, I f- I'm still making my way through the Netflix, well, now Disney Plus Marvel series. Um, mm-hmm. I just finished the second season of Iron Fist. Okay. Uh, which I'm going to tell you, unpopular opinion here, but if I was to rank these series and like the best of them to the worst of them, number one's probably Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Number two is The Punisher. Number three is Iron Fist. Four would be Daredevil, and five would be Jessica Jones. Because Jessica Jones season one was strong as fuck, but mm-hmm. the rest of them are not good. Yeah, but yeah, season, season two, two of Luke Cage was not too solid either. Luke Cage, Cage, Luke Cage was awesome. The first season is my favorite one. I agree the with you. The second season is yeah. dope, too, with the with uh, Bushmaster. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it wasn't bad, I'm not saying. I, I just... It was not as strong as the first season. Oh well, yeah, I mean it's hard you know? to be strong as the first season. And then um, Iron Fist was great. Like both seasons, of Iron Fist were great. That's my weakest <sighs> one. I That's thought it was amazing. Too. I yeah. love it because it's got a lot of like, I don't know. It's not as much. Uh, it's not as like gritty and dark. It's more like kung fu and like yeah, like fan- martial arts, f- fantasy. But I, my whole problem is Finn Jones. His acting sucks. He's but not I, a good. I don't know. I, I feel my like issue I, was was the fighting, man. Like I want, I love kung fu movies, and yeah. I want really good kung fu. And Homeboy was not selling it for me. No, no I mean it wasn't no, no. great. But you know the the chick, uh, Jessica Fenwick, that played Colleen, was really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was, she, she was I'll awesome. tell you what. She's done. She's done a lot more big movies than Finn Jones has done since. Yeah. The, yeah. The and that's, that's also why she's she, in a lot she of is stuff. actually, um, if you remember, she's now the Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or exactly. or Night, right. Night Wing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, I mean, I like I like the whole like the whole Davis arc and stuff. I don't. I, I thought it was good. I like that because I like the actor that plays him. He was also in uh, in Doctor Who, the the yeah. last couple of mm. seasons of Doctor Who, and he plays a bad guy. So um, he's just, very good at that. Like the second season of Jessica Jones pissed me off so fucking much. I was yeah. like, this is the worst season. Yeah, of all it of was. These. Yeah, Punisher was fantastic. I I oh. still have left. The only th- I have three left. I have Daredevil season three, mm-hmm. Jessica Jones season three, and Punisher season two. Those are the three I have left to finish. Okay, okay. I yeah. like them all, man. And now, now have you guys? I've been watching Moon Knight. Yeah, oh. I, I haven't watched the most recent one. Hold on, I, I haven't watched, watched one, this though. week's. But I yes, I haven't watched the new one yet. But yes, I am so okay. completely hooked. Yeah, so good. I yes. love it, man. I love it. I never imagined oh a world. God. I say this with every one of these MCU things we talk about. Yeah. But you know, it's one thing to say like, "Oh, I never imagined a world where there was an Iron Man movie or a Thor movie," but a right. fucking Moon Knight, Moon Knight <laughs> television series. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. That's insane. Yeah. And I, th- I think I've mentioned this before, but for me, like, I knew nothing about Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. Me, me I'm not neither. a comic fan, not a fan, but I, I aren't, I'm not up on the comic lore. But Moon Knight, I didn't know it existed until I saw, you know, a picture of Oscar Isaac saying he's going to be Moon Knight. So just going in and just sitting as a fan for the first time, the, the, it's, the thing is amazing. It's yeah. so good. 
You know, my um, favorite thing, which you've already seen, Doug, so it's not spoiling anything, is when he says, "Put on the suit," and he fucking comes up in the Mister Knight <laughs> suit. Exactly. <laughs> She's that like, "What so the good. fuck is that?" You said suit. He said <laughs> suit. <laughs> And and what's and what's beautiful about that is you guys as non comic book fans, that tickled you. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's straight from the pages of a comic book. The suit and everything. So it was it was like, uh, they are so good at, you know, like what's the recipe for success with MCU? Because you look at DC and they just can't figure it out. You know, they're they're constantly trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Just, Let's make another Batman. We don't have enough Batmans yet. I Let's know, make exactly. one more Batman. But yeah. like, yeah. don't it's use just, the same Batman. Use a different Batman. Right. It's, it's just trust the source material. People love yeah. it for a reason. It translates mm-hmm. really well when you don't fuck with it. You know? Whereas, you, know who, you know who made the best Superman movie? The Boys. Oh, exactly. Because <laughs> Homelander is a superior Superman. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, though, with the DC, if you look in the in the video game world, DC has owned it where Marvel can't get their shit together. Oh yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. the the Batman games are just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and oh, even yeah. the even the animated series. Mm-hmm. I mean oh. with, with Kevin Conroy and the, you well, know, those like are the impressive because they the follow the comic book. In yeah. Batman, yeah. they're like, All right, so this movie sucks. How can we like make it better? Just make it really dark so you can't see what's going on. They can't see how shitty it is. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Although, and, and not to get way, way off track, I know we already have, but I did like The Batman. I saw it uh, recently. I had yeah, some thoughts about it. I'm waiting. Obviously, at this point, I'm waiting till it, it streams. I think it's coming out next month. So I'm waiting until Marvel doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I like The Batman because it ignored all the other bullshit that they were doing with the DC movies. Yeah. It was exactly. just like, Look, you know I, what? I tried. I gave Aquaman a shot. I gave Suicide Squad a shot. I just oh, like, Aquaman was sucked. awful. And Will Aquaman Smith didn't slap horrible. anybody in Suicide Squad, so I didn't really care. Yeah, that movie, that movie, I think it gets a bad rap. It's not great, not by a, a long shot, but it's not awful. And the second one, it well, I mean, it's James Gunn. You know, they need to hire him for everything. You yeah, know, he doesn't yeah. want to and have him do it because, you know, you're missing out, Joe, and I've said it, you're missing out on Peacemaker. Oh, that yeah. movie, yeah. that series was written for you. Yeah, like, 100%. He, he, they well, they spied the on other you. one the, the what's it called the doom or something or doom squad doom squad is like related unrelated you don't need to even dip your toe in it i don't really want to like invest time into dc especially no, no, no. when like there's so much marvel to invest time into so like but, if, I, if they're like these standalone episodes where they don't tie into anything else dc i may give it well, a shot they, he, Joe, just Patrol, really sorry. quick with peacemaker without spoiling anything you would love it for the simple fact that all peacemaker does is make fun of the dc heroes he makes fun of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash. He fucking busts their balls the whole time. They're not in it, but he just okay, he keep just disparages yeah, yeah. them multiple <laughs> yeah, yeah. times through the show. He spreads rumors yeah. that Aquaman fucks fish. Yes. In the okay. show. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, so, so that's, once again, the better Aquaman is the fucking deep from the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, I, and like, you know, Batman doesn't have the balls to kill anyone. Like that and kind the of better, the, And the better know. Batman is the dark, or what's the name fucking, uh, what's the guy in the boys? Um, I think it's, I think it's Black the, Noir? No. Black Noir, that's it, yeah. 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 Or Dark Noir or Black Noir? No, it's Black Noir. Black Noir. Yeah. So they strayed, they the strayed with that storyline from the graphic. No. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've technically seen DC by watching The Boys. <laughs> Trust me, you'll love Peacemaker. You will absolutely I'll, I'll love it. it. From the opening Just, song to end the soundtrack, Joe. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack is phenomenal. 
on the, okay. every episode. It's typical James Gunn, but it's like songs that you might not even know, but they're great because it's like 80s hair metal and 90s, you know, the remnants of hair metal from the 90s and even some, you know, more recent like punk, pop punk stuff. And so it's like it's just, basically been in storage for a while and it just got out. Sort of, yeah, sort of. Yeah, but it's like all the movie we're doing tonight. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> you like my segue there? <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Never gonna end. I got that, that one. That that segue was the panic button. It's like we've been talking about shit that's not this movie for a very long time. Yeah, we, we're twelve minutes in, and this is a long fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Copyright <laughs> is it a so problem up, that 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 intro makes me cry? Like, is that uh, is what that are we acceptable? here for tonight? We uh, are here to yeah. talk about one of the best sequels in the game, not Terminator Two: Judgment Day. No, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yes, I mean, dude, and and if you've listened to the Captain America episode, you know we dig that movie. Um, mm-hmm. A yeah. lot, but I'm sorry, man. This this elevated the Captain America thing fucking yeah. 20-fold. Like, this yeah, movie this was great. almost like another Avengers movie. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, and we talked about it off air. Like I said, this movie and the one we're going to talk about next is fully mature MCU. Fully, ma- fully mature Marvel. Yeah. They were still, as good as the previous movies were, they were getting their footing. They, boom, full-grown adult, <laughs> going to do everything flawlessly and this movie and every subsequent movie after this yeah going there's forward, no misses i don't think there's really any bad no. movies except no. for black widow oh, no. stop it <laughs> stop it don't worry eric i've got counter arguments that are going to shut them up good because actually when the, the last time we reviewed it to black widow is red guardian okay okay all right listen we'll we'll save it we'll save it because yes you know we're gonna have <laughs> we'll another jaws on our hand over here <laughs> Um, <laughs> another Jaws on her head. Jaws. It's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be Jaws bad. <laughs> All right. All right. But no, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, again, if you want to make a good sequel to a comic book movie, fucking write a script around a comic book. And this is a storyline in the comic books. It's it's really simple. Yeah. Um, well, this is also the Russo brothers' first yeah. foray. And, and, you know, they've and, proven themselves time and time and time you know, again. What so. else were the Russo brothers really doing at this point in time? They were making something else at this point in time. I can't think of what it um, was. I don't know. It's a happy village. No a community a community. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I meant. That was my bad segue, Joe. Yeah, that was a bad segue. Though. <laughs> well, I, I worked. I understood <laughs> it. That's all that matters. <laughs> so yeah, the Russo brothers were making community at this time. So if yeah. you like this community, still fucking one of the best TV shows ever made. I'm not. I will argue that to the day I die. Community is right. one of the best TV shows ever made. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But you had the Michael Keaton effect here, man. Because when you think Russo brothers before this movie, you think Community, and you're like, oh man, do I want my Captain right. America movie? You know, yes. it's it's one thing to like that show. It's a hilarious show, but you know, well, it's not just it, hilarious. I mean, it's meta as. Fucking yeah. culture is fuck. There's but a I know lot of, what you're saying. A lot of it's layers. like, do they have the chops yeah. for right. this kind of flick? And right. they more than proved Look, that. They made Chevy Chase bearable on that show. <laughs> that is a feat. That <laughs> to is a, a feat. certain point, <laughs> they I mean, all went to shit. When you think about the people that came from that show and just blew up, John Oliver fucking came from that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Ken John. He came from The Daily Show first. 
Well, I mean, yeah, but they were on other things, but like that's when they really yeah. kind of blew up. Oh, no, no, I know. I know. It became like everyone knew who they were. Yeah, that's true. All right, anyways, we're not talking about community. No, we're not. No, we're not. Um, let's dive in, man. Let's get into the, the meat and potatoes of this thing. It takes place two years after the events of the Avengers. Yep. And uh, we open with a retired pararescue man named Sam Wilson. Yeah. Um, Why does it sound familiar? Ah, unbelievable. Anthony Mackie. Um, we get Sam Wilson, the Falcon, uh, who's Captain America's one of his best friends in the world. So this is the nerd boner is, is already yes. at full mast. Um, he's jogging around the title base in Washington, D.C. And catching up to him very quickly is Steve Rogers. Um this is a wonderful moment of, of the constant on your left yeah. where <laughs> Sam Wilson is just getting more and more frustrated because Sam Wilson's mm-hmm. a fit cat and he's, you know, he's yeah. running at a decent clip, but he's, but just he's like, no God, Captain damn. America <laughs> yet. <laughs> um, Steve completes multiple laps over Sam until Sam uh, gets tired and just sits to rest. Cause fuck it. Uh, they, they're joined together, and they introduce themselves. Sam is a war, war veteran, and he knows that, uh, obviously, he knows who Steve Rogers is. Uh, but he knows he's been adjusting to life in the 21st century, and he has a lot to catch up on. So he gives him his recommendations, one of which is Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man soundtrack, um, which is a, a chef's kiss. Um, mm-hmm. he just, you know, to get up to speed on the last few decades. So you you see Steve's really cute list of th- things <laughs> yeah. to like, you it's know, so good. and and so many people have paused this list to point out like all the all the things yeah. on it. There's stuff like Star Wars slash Trek, uh, yep. Rocky, you know, yeah. just big pop culture things that he completely missed out on. Uh, Steve gets a text telling him to stand by the curb in front of the Capitol. A car pulls up, driven by Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow played by Scarlett Johansson, and she greets the two men as Steve hops into the car. I mean, right off the bat, I'm fully invested because oh, yeah. I got I got my Sam Wilson, man. Like, again, it's just, that's such a cool character. And in the same way that, you know, Mr. Rogers broke ground on television by, by washing a black man's feet in front of an audience that wasn't primed for that yet, Comic books did the same thing with Sam Rogers. They said, hey, America, you know how you love this guy? Captain America, the star-spangled red, white, and blue Boy Scout. Guess what his best friend is? An African-American guy named Sam. And Marvel always pushed the envelope culturally and said, hey, guess what? You know, with the X-Men, this is just an allegory for, for racism and homosexuality and all the stuff that you guys have problems with. And we're going to shine a light on what we think is wrong with the world. So uh, I don't mean to pontificate, but that just it, it meant so much to me. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah. So after uh, Black Widow picks up Steve, uh, we see them on a Quinjet um, over the Indian Ocean. They're, they're with a team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that's led by uh, Brock Rumlow, uh, Frank Grillo. I, I dig him as an actor. I'll, I'll watch anything he's in. Um, there's a movie called God Mode that he's in. It's a video game movie. It's like a first-person shooter where he can't die, and he goes on a rampage. It's stupid but fun. Anyway, um, they are they're ordered, or their mission is to retake 
a shield ship that's in the Indian Ocean called the Lemurian Star. Uh, it's been taken over by pirates, uh, led by uh, Georges Batrock, um, played by Georges St. Pierre. If you're an MMA fan, you got to know Georges St. Pierre. I mean, he's a legend. Um, I wish they used him more. Like that character, just because he's. George St. Pierre was perfect for that because he's so over the top anyway. Yeah. You know, he's hammy, but fun. Like in an innocent way, he's hammy. And, uh, you know, I, I. I mean, he's no Seth Petrozelli. <laughs> he would beat the living shit out of Seth Petrozelli. Uh, Seth wouldn't fight Sli- him. That's what Kimbo Slice thought. I know, yeah. <laughs> Seth. Seth, Seth would know better. He wouldn't even get in the ring with him. Have you ever met Seth Eric in real life? Uh, I think once, yeah. yeah. Okay. I know he's in the same Briefly. circles as you. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, because, yeah, Seth's not a gym rat like Eric is. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Just doesn't that. eat nothing but birdseed. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we see that the, the pirates are holding hostages, a bunch of shield agents, including, uh, sort of like, you know, he's like a commander, sort of, uh, Jasper Sitwell, um, played by Maximiliano Hernandez. Um, and you know, they're tied up, they're waiting for a ransom from shield, uh, or they're going to kill the hostages. Um, Steve, you know, Captain America, he, you know, says goodbye, jumps out the plane. And, you know, Rumlow is like, does he have a parachute? No. No. <laughs> you know, he doesn't yeah. need one. He just dives into the water and he climbs up the, the, the anchor <laughs> chain um, without an issue. Um, and, you know, he just, he wrecks anybody that's in his way. Uh, such a great fight sequence. Um, yeah, it's just very cool because it's all hand-to-hand with the shield and everything. Um, totally dig it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if this is you know the the first real mcu like spy movie it it felt so handheld and like born identity like that kind of yes no it's true you're right i mean again yeah because it's more it's more it's gritty and real yes they use they use some cg to get the a lot of some of the fight moves and stuff but it's still it's rooted in realism so that does make it better in my book anyway um so they you know Cap's going through the ship, wrecking guys as he goes along. Uh, the rest of the team arrives at one point. Rumlow arrives just in time to save uh, to save Cap, uh, you know, possibly from from a uh, gunshot. Uh, he takes out a bad guy. Um, they keep fighting, and um, he finally squares off against uh, Batrock. And I don't know. It's a fight that had way more <laughs> length than it should have, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I understand he is a martial artist and all, but, you know, Cap really should have knocked the snot out of him. So, but, you know, that's typical of any superhero movie. They sort of scale the, the powers of the superhero to fit the scene. And I'm fine with that. You know, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, you know, of course, Cap manages to take him down. Um, and th- th- this is also cool, you know, when, when Batrock looks at him, I thought you were more than the mask because Steve was using a shield. Captain America was using a shield to fight. Uh, so Cap, you know, he, he holsters his shield and he pulls off his helmet and they do the whole mano a mano thing. Um, and again, the fight, it, it's, yeah, it, I still don't get it, but it's all good. You know, <laughs> it does not take anything away from this movie for me. Uh, so, yeah. 
Um, the next Steve will find Natasha. She's like in the ship's computer and she's using the shield flash drive to pull some files out of it. Um, Steve like tries to figure out like, what are you doing? But she tells him that her, her mission's different than his mission. And it was given directly to her by Nick Fury. Once again, played by the great Samuel L. Jackson. Um, as she pulls the flash drive out, a, um, a pirate runs past and throws a grenade at them. And then Steve grabs her and just jumps through the window right as it explodes in typical movie fashion. Yeah. Of course, I mean, as Captain America's fucking apt to do. He, he yeah. likes to jump through shit. It looks exactly. great, too. It does. Um, Steve's not happy with the fact that he was kept in the dark about this secret fucking Natasha bullshit. Like, he want, this is a guy who <laughs> likes to, to take point. He's a leader. Yeah. And all this shadowy bullshit, we just dealt with this in the Avengers movie with the, you know, the weapons of mass destruction that they were <laughs> going to build under his nose. He's like, fuck, man. Um, they, they get back to the Triskelion, which is S.H.I.E.L.D.'s headquarters on Theodore Roosevelt Island in the middle of the Potomac River. Uh, Steve goes to Nick Fury's office to confront him. He's not mollified by Fury's excuse Fury's excuse. Furry? Nick Furry is <laughs> the... Furry. I, saw him at, I saw him at Comic-Con. Movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We did see a few of them. That's an adult take on this film. Yeah. <laughs> now all I can think about is a Samuel L. Jackson furry. <laughs> that's a, When you go to sleep, when you lay your head on that pillow tonight... Oh, well, also, Eric, before I forget, when I was recording with John, we were talking about the new Jurassic Park movie, and somehow I said um, that... Uh, Jeff Goldblum fucks a raptor. So I need you to draw a picture of a raptor oh. with like the Jeff Goldblum hair and the chain with the shirt open, just kind of sitting back. Oh, doing the pose like the, yeah. the wow. yeah. but it's a raptor, but it looks like him, but it's a raptor. So I, I didn't want to forget to tell you, I need that drawn up. Okay. <laughs> I will add it to the list. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, long list. Uh, life uh, <laughs> finds, finds a way. Um, <laughs> that was good. You know that? That was That's an awesome very idea. Good. That was very good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so now uh, we've got the confrontation between Steve and Nick Fury. Fury reminds Steve that he can't trust anybody, even those who work closely with him. He takes him into an elevator down to the underground level where there are three helicarriers being worked on as part of Project Insight which is an operation that connects the helicarriers to spy satellites used to prevent any possible terrorist attacks and allow them to preemptively eliminate threats to national security. Uh, in part, a response to the uh, the Jatari invasion from the Avengers, but Steve sees this more uh, as an aggressive form of protection. He's, this is an old soul, man. Like, all of this stuff, yeah. you know. Uh, Fury insists that... Get with the motherfucking program, like <laughs> you know. It's this is this is the modern world and modern warfare, and you need to get with it. And yeah, just doesn't I mean, sit right with them. Right. I mean, Steve is Steve is a more you know he he brings it up that you know is it freedom or fear? And yep, yep. You know that's that's his his motto. I mean, that's his mantra. Is you know it's about freedom, um, and we're going to see that again and again through the movies. Um, as we go with his character. Uh, so at this point, Steve goes to visit the National Air and Space Museum uh, to check out an exhibit dedicated to his exploits and that of the Howling Commandos, his team of, uh, of soldiers. Um, there's a kid who recognizes him in disguise. Uh, you know, Steve holds a finger to his lips because he doesn't want to cause some chaos in the exhibit. Um, you know, where everybody knows who he is. Um, 
the kid understands and he keeps quiet. So among the display uh, with his World War II uniform and the costumes of Steve's fellow Howling Commandos, there's a small exhibit dedicated to Steve's childhood friend, uh, Bucky Barnes, who we met in you know, Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, Bucky was there for Steve when he was a little guy. He always you know, looked out for him. Um, so, you know, and he, you know, he fell out of a train very high from very high heights in, uh, in the first Avenger and, uh, you know, he's gone. So Steve, Steve's still devastated by that. Um, so he checks out a video, then he sees a video of his old love, Peggy Carter, um, played by Hallie Atwell, one of my favorites. Um, I love, I still love Agent Carter. I got to watch it again, you yeah. know? It, it was a, it was a good show. To, season two, I could not make it. Through. No, season two was campy. It got too season funny for itself. Great. Yeah, it got too funny for itself. I agree. I understand why it was canceled, but I still loved it. I really, I do really need to dug eventually it. make it through season two. But like. yeah, no, I can get it, Joe. I mean, I again, I I watched it just because I liked it, but it was not easy. So I'm, yeah. I totally yeah. get what you're saying. And it was kind of the same way with Agents of Shield. It's like you know. Oh yeah, there, there were, were some seasons that were really good and some stinkers. Yeah, yeah. yeah the whole like fake universe, the yeah. fake, well, that <laughs> was just tragic. Yeah, uh, yeah holy no. shit! It's like the writers just were asleep. But then they made up for it with like the outer space seasons. And yes, stuff, and going to the future time travel seasons. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you know, it's a video of Peggy. Uh, you know, she commemorates Steve on his actions because you know. Back in First Avenger, we saw that, you know, he took out Hydra by crashing that uh, that plane. Um, so, you know, he's lost to Peggy, the love of his life, who he never even got to dance with. Um, we then see him visit later. He visits an elderly Peggy who's, you know, in a hospital. Um, she's met, She's been married and had children because, again, assumed that he was gone. Um, you know, and she kind of recognizes him and then slips back in and out. It's It's a very emotional scene. Um, I think the you know this along with the next movie we're gonna do Guardians of the Galaxy. They're the yeah. first ones that really got me choked up, mm. like a lot, like not just like one scene here and there, but like continually yeah. just messed with my emotions. So <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's an emotional scene because he's watching her die, and you know, again, mm. you know, she's she, he's been gone for seventy years in her life, but in his life, it's not. You know, it's it's five years or whatever, you know, you add up the time. Uh, so he's devastated by this. Um, you know, yeah. And then she comes out of it and she sees that he's there and really recognizes him. And, you know, his line, I couldn't leave with I couldn't leave my best girl. Not when she owes me a dance. I mean, nah, I'm getting Fuck. choked up now. Yeah. He also, he also said I'd still hate it. No, shut up. Of course Joe. he did. Listen, that's a difference, did. okay? This is where right. Steve Rogers establishes himself as like the moral center of this cinematic yes. universe. Yes. W with visiting the elderly dying love of his life right. as a muscle-bound fucking statuesque man. <laughs> that That's where he wants to be. If Joe was Captain America and they, they fucking carved his ass out of the ice, yeah. he'd, be, he'd be out there looking for bitches. Of course. All oh, day. Yeah. He'd grab one of the nurses from outside, bring her in, and yeah. do her in front of Peggy. Yeah. I'm like, whatever happened to that Natalie Dormer chick that kissed me? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, you, you're absolutely right, man. That that hits so hard. Yeah. And yeah. they know what they're doing. These, oh, hell yeah. These sneaky Marvel fucks. Right? They know. I yep. know. I know. 
Yeah. Um, so Nick Fury is now trying to access these files that Natasha got in this flash drive, but he can't get past the security. Apparently something that he set himself. <laughs> yeah. I forgot what I changed my password to. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it, is it motherfucker one? No, it's <laughs> right. Motherfucker, capital M, exclamation point, one. Motherfucking snakes. God, why do I got to change my motherfucking password? I want motherfucker to be my motherfucking password. <laughs> and See then that he, password? The one that says bad motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> That's my password. Yeah, and then he reset it, and they sent it to the same email. He's like, I can't get in. <laughs> I get, and, and the bitch on the phone, she's like, can you tell me your password? And I'm like, M-O-T-H-E-R. Fucker. <laughs> Do I need to spell fucker? No. <laughs> okay. I'm tired of all these motherfucking passwords on this motherfucking phone. Right. Hopefully there's no seven-year-olds listening to this episode. Just that one kid. He's Just that okay. one kid. Yeah, he's yeah. a regular listener now. Dude, huge shout out also to Daniel for, for sharing. Daniel Dennis from Meteor Time for sharing that today, too, when the episode came out. That was pretty uh, fucking awesome. Oh, that's oh, yeah, cool. dude. That was, that's that very was cool. so sweet. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, yeah dude. That's legit, legitimate good dude. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know if you saw it, Doug, but they have a T and D Airbnb. I did. I saw that. That looks so cool. Which we need to rent that for when the October when we come. How down. many rooms is it? Two bedrooms. I think it's two bedrooms. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the T and D. And it's literally yeah. three blocks from Hollerbox. Oh, shit. All right. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we can drink and then walk back to the place. Yeah. So when we do our Halloween, that's what we need to rent. We need to rent the T and D Airbnb. I'm in. Yeah, that that was super cool of, of uh, Daniel to share that, man, because it, the thing is, like, we do this podcast, I do a lot of work with them, and I, I try really hard not to, like, I never want anyone to feel like I'm trying to take advantage of a relationship right. or, right. you know, so I don't, I, I don't mention the show very much to them, and, and you know, I, yeah. I just, I never want to, like, be that guy who's yeah. like, hey, you know, hey, plug my, plug my shit. Exactly. But for him to just do that was was really really sweet. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this in your local Florida, to check out that fucking uh, that Air T and D man because it's they did an awesome job on that house. It's like a, I think it was built in like 1910, so it's like this historic Florida wow. house that they revamped. It, it looks beautiful in there. There's a bunch of my art in there and Eddie uh, Eddie Bass's art in there. And, and apparently, uh, if you listen to the episode today, it's covered in cum. Yes. <laughs> don't blacklight it. Yeah, no. Don't, oh don't blacklight it. Did you listen to today's episode of that, Eric? Where, like, uh, they kept saying, Dan and Sam kept saying it, and then Tom's like, there's no cum, there's no cum the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I caught, I caught some of it on Twitch, and uh, it, it's pretty funny. Because oh Samantha God, and her husband, you know, sort of test her off the place, and uh, <laughs> make, make of that what you will. But, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a cum palace by October. So. <laughs> nice. Excellent. <laughs> oh, God. So, anyways, uh, once he figured out his password, which was some bad motherfucker, um, <laughs> he goes to meet with Secretary of Defense Alexander Pierce, played by Robert Redford. Oh, dude. As an old timer, I was like, I, I was in my glory when he popped up on screen. I mean, I'm yeah. 99% sure that was revealed before in trailers or whatever, but... I it that blew my mind. I mean, because Robert Redford is the shit. So that's yeah, that's one pretty, of those like they landed fucking Robert yes, Redford for this. Exactly. Like exactly. Holy shit. Yeah. Yep. Um. Um. He's meeting with the World Security Council to discuss discuss the matter of the hijacking of the Lemurian Star. Fury tells Pierce that they need to delay Project Insight. Pierce says okay, 
but Fury needs to have Iron Man stop by his niece's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> That's some shit I would do too. Like, yeah, all right, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. So this is like the opposite of what Eric does. Eric doesn't ask for favors, but he does. <laughs> <laughs> As Daniel will come by the house, and you know, yeah. um, so Steve Rogers then uh, visits the VA where Sam is providing trauma counseling to other vets uh, suffering from PTSD. After the group meeting, Sam reveals to Steve that he lost his friend Riley in uh, Iraq after he was shot down in the air with an RPG. Uh, despite the loss of his friend, Sam still loves to fly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, he does. Uh, Sam still loves to fly. He asks Steve what makes him happy, and Steve honestly doesn't know. No. And it's yeah. it's kind of tragic because you think He's about, like, you I'm know. like visiting the nursing home. Yeah, I like I like yeah, saying goodbye to the love of my life and watching her die. Like, this is a man who so sacrificed his own personal happiness for the greater good that he like doesn't he doesn't even have, you know, he doesn't go home and watch reality TV and shit and just like you know yeah this brings me so, like he's just a constant state of service, Captain America. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's never about him. Yeah, yeah. it never is. Only well, when we get to the end, it'll be about him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh so we're in uh we're in a shield SUV now with, with Nick Fury. Um he's driving and he contacts his basically his, you know, his number one, uh Agent Maria Hill, played by uh Colby Smulders of How I Met Your Mother fame. Shut up, Joe. And <laughs> Fuck you, Doug <laughs> And uh I, I dug I dug that casting because talk about another it's a smaller role, but you scratch your head, really? Yeah. Somebody from that show, and she pulls it off. She's she's I mean, amazing. She's from other stuff too. No, no, no. She's been in a ton of stuff, but that's, that's what she's most well known for. Trash. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, she, he tells her that they need to they need to connect. She's got to she's got to come to him. Uh, he stops at an intersection, and a, and a, a, a DC police car pulls up next to him. Um, you know, at the at the traffic light, you know, Fury glances at the officers and he, he just knows something's up, you know, because uh, they're looking at him like he's doing something wrong, uh, which, you know, happens a lot for black people. So just in general that, you know, uh, so, you know, he's he's suspicious because they even say, it, you know, because he's a black man driving a very expensive SUV. So it relates to the real world, shall mm. we say. Um, at some point he says say what one yeah. more time <laughs> <laughs> exactly so uh you know the cop car the, the the officer hits his siren for a quick second and he takes off what to what makes you think is going to be he's running off to a call somewhere um just as fury's pulling into the intersection another police car appears and then just t-bones the shit out of, of fury's yeah. suv on the driver's side send it in some bollard uh pillars um then the first police car suddenly stops and backs straight into Fury's car, and then a third one simultaneously plows into his car from behind, and then several more arrive, which start to box this car in. I always like the scene too. Like this is a fun scene. Oh, it's a great, great mm -hmm. action scene. Really is. Yeah. Then um, a black windowless van pulls up, and the whole SWAT team comes out. Um, now the patrol and SWAT officers are drawing like submachine guns and assault, ri well, assault rifles, and they're taking up positions all around Nick Fury's car. That's Tuesday in Florida. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, the onboard computer at this point is now informing Nick Fury that there are no police units in the area, meaning that these cops aren't actually cops. They're assassins um, who are in disguise. 
Hell yeah, man. Um, Robots in disguise. There's a, it's a tense moment, and it pays off because they, they fucking open fire on this car. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, with like an arsenal. But it's it's a cool scene because you get to see the technology that, you know, yeah. Nick Fury's rolling with. It's yeah. an armored car and the, and the, you know, bulletproof glass and all of that. So, Would you he, say it's uh, very well shielded? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Good nice. night, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're done. Uh, they, <laughs> sure I mean, um so you know the bullets are not doing the trick um so with that failure they move to the next strategy which is uh, to use a hydraulic battering ram from the van and try to use it to break the glass that on is the so cool side window um <laughs> you know it is yeah, so man. cool now nick nick is cool under fire man because if that's me i'm crying oh, he's just Shut like up. fucking sitting there yeah, yeah, yeah. position you know? i'm sorry um, as soon as the computer reports to uh, Fury that the Windows integrity level has reached 1%, that's when Fury grabs a minigun and just <laughs> opens fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, killing most of these motherfuckers and destroying a few of their cars. After a, a you know gunfight, he commands the car to drive itself out when, you know, on some Batman shit. Yep. Uh, mm. Fury's car takes off and off on autopilot with uh, two police cars in hot pursuit. Yeah, and we get another fantastic scene because it's just a straight-up action movie chase scene. Yep. And I loved, I mean, because as a kid, those were the best action, you know, sequences for me because they were the easiest for a filmmaker to pull off because just get some cars and drive them fast. So it's such a great chase scene. They're stuck in traffic, but he's getting around it. They're plowing cars out of the way. Um, you know, they're... They, after forcing their way through stop traffic, um, there's another running shootout that uh, Nick gets uh, away with or gets away from. Um, you know, the cop cars are banging into him. Uh, fortunately for Nick, uh, his onboard computer detects a box truck about to catch up with them at the next intersection. So uh, Fury uses that to slam on his brakes and have it T-bone, the you know, and thoroughly wreck the police cars. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, again, just great action put together so well. Um, Fury commands the vehicle's computer to get him to a safe location as it speeds off. But before the computer can find a safe spot, he sees a figure dressed in black just standing in the middle of the road. This um, mysterious mercenary then shoots a magnetic bomb that attaches itself to the underside of Fury's SUV, which explodes and flips the car over. Next, we see this assassin walk over to the vehicle, ready to finish Fury off, but uh, Nick escapes just in time by burning a hole through the roof of the car and the street below with his laser. That was so cool. That is such a cool reveal. Yeah. Right? And the way when, when the, the bomb explodes and the SUV flips, yeah. and he just casually just steps back. Two steps, car goes yep. right by him, you know, without even flinching. And it's such a great villain reveal. I mean, holy crap. It really I, was. I, I, got, I got goosebumps watching it last night, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I've seen it a hundred times. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, Steve uh, goes back to his apartment to find his very pretty neighbor, Sharon Carter, uh, played by Emily Van Camp. Going to do some laundry. He offers, <laughs> uh, you know, you can use my machine because this motherfucker is selfless both on the field and in, in the home. <laughs> Yep. Uh, but she says no she just she spent a lot of time in the disease ward at the hospital she doesn't want to pass any sickness to Steve she also tells him hey uh, you left your your stereo on 
which is uh, to me a lovely callback to Ghostbusters, but I don't think that's what was intended. <laughs> also, you know, he kind of likes being around a young Carter. A young Carter. Yeah, indeed. exactly. Yeah. And she was like, you know, so I know you left your stereo on, so I went back to my apartment. What I did was I turned my stereo on real loud, so everyone would think there was a problem with the stereos. He's like, he's like, did your grandma tell you about my dick? Oh, God. <laughs> it's got super soldier serum in it, too. Here's, wow. here's the new metaphor for what you do on the show, Joe, because we used the term spike strips for a while. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to refer to you as jerking the wheel because we were on a road. <laughs> we were going somewhere, and motherfucker was like, "You know what? I'm just going to yeah. kill us all." Exactly. Did, did you tell you about the flagpole trick I do? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you, you you have missed your calling in the porn parody <laughs> right. business, Joe. So good at this. <laughs> you really have. Um, all right, Sharon so, yeah. Carter comes in. She's like, "What's wrong, Steve? You're only at half mast." Yeah, you know. Why are you holding that pizza box next to your crotch? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very large pizza box. All right, now we're all getting into it. Now we're all jerking yeah! the wheel in different mm-hmm. directions. Um, so, oh, as Steve, God, motherfucker. <laughs> oh God. Steve enters his apartment and he hears the music. So he grabs his shield right away because he knows he didn't leave it on. Um, he enters and he finds a very injured uh, Nick Fury sitting in his, sitting on his couch. Um, out loud, Fury says his wife kicked him out. Great throwaway line. Very funny. Um, but he, as he's saying that, he holds up his phone uh, to show a text message that says, uh, "Trust you know, basically trust no one. Anybody could be listening." Um, so you know he doesn't want to, They don't want to talk out loud about a thing. Um, before anything else can be said, Fury is shot through the window by a sniper uh, three times. Uh, so Winter Soldier strikes again. Uh, Steve looks out the window for the shooter. Uh, Fury hands him the flash drive that he's tried to open and tells him not to trust anybody. Um, Sharon comes in armed with a gun, which is interesting, but you know, sort of lost in the, the craziness of the moment um, temporarily. Uh, she starts working on Fury. Um, Steve runs after the sniper, he smashes through walls and, you know, again, another cool action sequence, you know, he throws his shield at the, at the, you know, would be assassin. Um, but then we see the sniper catch it and we realize it is the winter soldier. Um, kind of, you know, he throws it back at Steve and it obviously freaks Steve the hell out. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. Cause he's even like, he's even pushed back by it. So he's like, you yeah. know, who can do this to me? Um, you know, and then he looks up again and uh winter soldier is gone. Uh, uh, next week. Oh, go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say um, the winter soldier, the way you see him in the movie is 100% the way he's, he's drawn in the comics. Oh, that's with so With the cool. metal arm and the, right. the star the and the whole thing. Yeah. The whole goth emo thing going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, next, we're at a hospital, and we see Natasha meet up with Steve. Um, they're watching doctors that are operating on Nick Fury. Maria Hill joins them also. The doctors are trying to uh, revive Nick Fury, but he flatlines. And, you know, at this point, we're to presume he's dead. Afterwards, uh, Natasha asks Steve why Fury was at his apartment. He claims to not know anything, right as Rumlow tells them um, they need him back at S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Natasha says, you're a bad liar, Steve. But then they go their separate ways. Uh, we see that Steve now has hidden 
the uh, flash drive behind a pack of gum in a vending machine. And it, it's interesting too that like the level of paranoia now is so high in this movie that he doesn't even trust Natasha. Yeah. You know, it's just right. like yep. I'm just I'm just gonna play it cool. Well, but she yeah. has a Russian double double spy. <laughs> double triple spy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yep. I, as, as a quadruple spy, I mean, you worked your way all the way back around twice. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve is, is brought in to speak with Pierce. Uh, he also asked Steve why Fury was in his apartment, hoping to find clues to who killed him. Uh, they suspect Batrock after he was found from the previous night in a safe house. Pierce also insinuates that Fury hired the pirates to infiltrate the ship just so that he could acquire the classified information. Uh, and was then killed after the deal went wrong. So there's some conspiracy theories flying around, craziness. Uh, Steve denies the claim. Pierce asks him again why Fury was there, and Steve only says that Fury told him not to trust anybody, so fuck you. Exactly. And Basically. there's a bit of insinuation in that don't trust anybody. I mean, yeah. he's looking at Pierce because he's already put two and two together in his head that, you know, I can't even trust you. Yeah. Uh, so he sort of insinuates that in an in a innocent way. Uh, well, I, well, I keep getting the best action scenes in this movie. I know, I'm so happy. Do. I'm you so do. happy. Because again, this like this scene blows me away. I'll watch just this on YouTube because this I love it so much. Scene. Right? So Steve gets in an elevator at the Triskelion, and uh, he's accompanied by Rumlow and a few other members of the strike team. Uh, the elevator starts to go down, and Steve's, you know, he's looking at people, the guys in the elevator, and he's sensing that he's walking into a trap. Uh, you know, Rumlow and his men all have their hands on their on their firearms, you know, which is a telltale sign. You know, when I put my hand on my gun, just watch out, okay? Um, <laughs> so... You know, the elevator stops and some some more men in suits get on, you know, probably members of the strike team. Uh, Steve notices one of them is sweating a lot. Uh, so there's some stress going on. So he's ready to go. Um, and the next stop, two more, a few more guys or two more guys get on and they're in front of him, blocking him in. Um, this is like the best line. Ever and I cannot I cannot remember the exact line now when he says, "Oh, uh, before oh yeah he goes before we start does anybody want to get off yeah 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 <laughs> and then immediately the you know what we'll call the tussle begins um, you know they get the upper hand temporarily on Steve because there's just so many of them and they've got some handy dandy you know cattle prods and some magnetic handcuffs and all sorts of shit but. You know, we know there's no way Steve's going down. I mean, you know, he, they just, they all end up on the floor in a pile of bodies. Not, I don't think any of them are dead, but just a, a pile of human uh, with Rumlow being the last one to go down. Um, yeah. Again, it's, a great, oh, great thing. it's just so well structured and just, you know, just imagining that fight in that small enclosed space. You I know, think that's, that's what's incredible about it is. Yeah that it's blocked in like a, a five by five space like that is, yeah, is yeah. nuts. It's like, you know, not to jump, you know, grab the wheel, but so the first matrix is, is a masterpiece, but the second and third one, we know leave a lot to be desired. There are scenes in that, that tried to do this obviously before this, but the Russo brothers showed how this kind of fight scene is done. Yeah. Okay. They showed how, how well it can be done and how easily it can be done if you do it right. So, yeah. 
And I, and I think too, like a, a lot of times when you get fight scenes that have a lot of people versus one person, yeah, it's really easy to pick out the guys who should be doing stuff. Right. You're like, all right, there's there's ten of you, there's one guy, there's five people standing like waiting. Yeah. It doesn't exactly. feel like that in this scene. Like this feels no. very organic. Nope. And, the and, quick cuts from different angles, yeah. you know, help with that. Everything. It's just, it's cool. It's that, that's the. It's just friggin' cool. Yeah. So like us, Sitwell's watching this fight also, but he's watching it through the surveillance camera in the elevator, um, and he orders the strike team to get to the elevator. Um, Steve breaks off the cuffs with the shield, and he sees that strike team heading his way. So he breaks the elevator wires and sends the elevator down to a lower floor. As the team like approaches, Steve breaks through the glass in the elevator and falls dozens of floors just to hit the wow. plaza, landing on a shield. Yeah, he, he, it's so he basically fetal positions on his shield, of course, yeah. which absorbs the shock, most of it anyway. Yeah, that vibranium is a hell of a thing. Right. Um, he runs to the garage and rides out on his motorcycle, evading all the obstacles that are laid out by S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, we see a Quinjet pull out and start to shoot at Steve. Um, he throws its S.H.I.E.L.D. into the engines, which grounds it and gives him the opportunity to hop over and escape. It's so fucking dope. This like scene. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love the style of his motorcycle, even though it gets wrecked. But, you know, I just I love everything about that scene with him with the S.H.I.E.L.D. on his back. And yeah. Yeah, it was it was. uh now, full transparency is I didn't get to watch this movie again before we recorded. So I'm relying on my memory of it from, I don't know, four months ago. Like, I always go yeah. back and watch these. Um, but that scene in particular stands out in my, like, it's burned into my brain because it's so yeah. fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It, it's on some, it's on that Terminator 2 level of like, uh, yes. Let me, I'll just put this on because I enjoy it. Yeah. This, this three minutes of Captain America doing Captain America stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Sitwell orders S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to be on the lookout for Steve and uh, Sharon demands to know why they're issuing a manhunt for Captain America P- Sharon of course at this point you as the audience know is, is more than she uh, seemed and is a full on S.H.I.E.L.D. agent yeah. uh, Pierce comes into the room and brands him a fugitive for withholding information on Nick Fury's death which right. is total bullshit Yep. Uh, so at this point Steve heads back to the hospital to re- Retrieve that flash drive you put in the vending machine, but it's not there. Uh, Natasha then appears chewing some gum. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so great the way she handles him. Uh, and, you know, she, she found it, and she's got the, 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 uh, the flash drive. Uh, Steve pushes her in a room, and he demands to know what she knows about the, uh, mystical, uh, the mysterious assassin. Uh, she talks about a ghost story. Uh, you know, for the last 50 years, uh, somebody called the Winter Soldier. Um, he's killed, he nearly killed her on a mission in Iran. Um, he's killed like dozens of targets over this time. It's crazy. 200 assassinations, actually. Um, they decide to use the flash drive to find out what they can on the Winter Soldier's whereabouts. Uh, Pierce uh, then meets with the World Security Council members again, um, and he starts to defend Fury as if he was a martyr. Um, though they actually believe he was killed for trying to cover up his own illegal dealings, they all opt at this point to reactivate Project Insight. Uh, I don't like this, man. Nope. Uh, Steve and Natasha go to a shopping mall disguised as a civilian couple. They take the flash drive to an Apple store and pop it into a MacBook Pro. This episode is brought to you by 
MacBook Pro yeah. <laughs> to find the uh, signal coming from Wheaton, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> you know the whole rule about Apple, right? What's In a, movies? Either that you can't show the Apple? No, you... A bad guy in a movie cannot wow. use an Apple product. That's right. Phone or laptop. So, yeah, whoever the bad guy is cannot have the Apple visible in anything that they're using. And no wonder Apple sucks. The bad guys are the, the fun ones. Exactly. Exactly. That's such a weird sticking point, too, like as a company. Yeah. Like, all right, we'll let you, we'll work out a, you know, a licensing agreement for the movie, but, right. you know, we don't want. You're fucking, we want your Red Skull using a fucking MacBook yeah. Pro. Well, no, let's no, no. take a step back to your first sentence, all right? That's a weird thing. It's a weird thing for a cult to get hung up on. It's not yeah. a weird <laughs> thing for a cult. It's a weird thing for a company, but it's not weird at all for a cult. That's true. So, That's okay? True. That's true. You know what? Fight me, Apple fans. Just <laughs> fucking fight me because you're all wrong. I got your back, Doug. Thank you. I know fuck you do. Fuck you, Doug. That's yeah. what they said. And and I told they them to say fuck it, themselves. And I know you got my back, bud. Yeah, yeah of course yeah. we do. Uh, and, and listeners, you know, Apple fans, send your comments into uh, Doug at MOTCU.com <laughs> because that's not a real email that. address. Yeah. So. Wait a minute. I'm going to pull an Iron Man 3 and announce my home address. Come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> And he's oh, like, my yeah. address. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Fucking yeah. Joe calls us like there's a bunch of angry nerds out in my driveway. Can I wait? This is stand your ground, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Natasha tells Steve that they have nine minutes or less before shield agents find them. Uh, on the way out, the duo spots Rumlau and his men searching the place. Natasha pulls Steve in for a kiss on the escalator, which is classic spy movie shit. Like, yeah. what a what a classic trope uh, to draw attention away from themselves since public displays of affection make people uncomfortable and makes faces harder to see. <laughs> no shit. Um, it makes the people works. except Joe uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting there watching like, exactly. Oh, yeah. Look at that shit. <laughs> That's America's ass. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Uh, the ruse works, and Rumlaut does not spot them. Yeah. So, Steve and Natasha, they somehow get a vehicle, and that's fine. Uh, and they head to where the signal pointed to. They um, ended up at Camp Lehi. Uh, that's Steve's old training base. So, we saw this camp back in Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, this is where he became a super soldier, and he trained uh, with, the, with the rest of the folks there. Um, you know, he, he just, uh, you know, it's a quick flashback with a little montage and, and sees, uh, you know, he sees his former self going through the motions. Yeah. Uh, next, him and Natasha enter the facility, which is discovered to be the original S.H.I.E.L.D. office. They find framed portraits of Howard Stark and Peggy, along with Colonel Chester Phillips, played by TLJ. Mm. Uh, Steel, or Steve looks behind the bookshelf and discovers that there's a room full of computers. Wait a second, are you telling me Shaquille O'Neal's steel is in this movie? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) That's nice. Uh, The only type of modern technology in the room is a small port for the flash drive. Natasha inserts it and activates computer. Instantly, we hear a German voice speaking and analyzing the two. Holy shit, it's Armin Zola. (laughs) Tommy Jones. Exactly. By the way, Joe, nobody says insert sexier than you. Uh, inserts it. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, 
So uh, basically, this Hydra scientist who was responsible for building all the Red Skull's weapons has transferred his consciousness into a computer in 1972. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet that's not an apple. No, no. No, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, his body failed him because of his terminal illness. Uh, Zola then explains to the duo that Hydra was formed on the belief that humanity could not be trusted with its own freedom. And then after the war, as part of Operation Paperclip, which I think that was the guy that used to work for, for the Apple. Uh, what was his name? Uh, <laughs> Searchy or Findy? Or... Clippy. Yeah, Clippy. Clippy. That was the yeah. Microsoft guy. It was Operation Microsoft? Paperclip was real, by the way. Um, at this point, the United States government recruited Zola and other Hydra operatives, and they conspired against their new employers. But since then, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been nothing more than a front which allows Hydra to continue their work and influence history from the shadows, including various politicians and even Howard and Maria Stark themselves. As one last bombshell, Zola reveals that this whole exposition speech of his was only to stall Steve and Natasha so they can be hit with a missile that the Hydra has sent to take them out in about 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Steve and Natasha at this point jump into a hole as the missile hits, which is very conveniently placed, um, and destroys the computers. However, Steve protects himself and Natasha as the place crumbles with that magical shield. And uh, Romulo and his men search the place to make sure there are no survivors that, and but those two have escaped. Absolutely, man. Um, I'm going to defend the shield because I know it's it's a convenient plot device that shield because it can do anything at any time. Mm-hmm. But I love the metaphor of Captain America using a shield instead of a sword or, you know. Yes. I mean, he, yeah. he does use a gun in the first movie. But right. that being said, it's a beautiful imagery. Um, yes. Uh, in, in his home, Pierce bids goodbye to his housekeeper, Renata, uh, just as the Winter Soldier appears in his kitchen. He never speaks a word. Pierce starts to talk to him when Renata comes back to get her phone. Remarking that he wishes she'd knocked, Pierce shoots her twice because she's seen him and the Winter Soldier talking. And Fucked up, man. This is Robert Redford in his throwaway line best, just the way he says it. Oh, Renata. <laughs> yeah. knocked. Just the way he says it. Nobody can do that like him. And, I, and I, again, I got goosebumps just listening and watching him say that. because it, it was fantastic. Right? It's Ruthless, just, it's man. A sim- right, exactly. It's a simple thing. Nobody can do it like that dude. And that, that's why I love him. Uh, so Steve and Natasha show up at Sam's house because he's the only one they can trust. I mean, that's just a given. Um, you know, Natasha express, expresses remorse over involvement with the Hydra agents. Uh, Sam decides to help them. Uh, first, they need him to get his equipment. Uh, it's a flight suit known as the X-07 Falcon. Um, Steve makes a comment, I, I thought you were a pilot. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, he is, but, you know, he doesn't fly a plane. Um so he, uh, you know, they talk about, you know, the, the base they have to break into to get this thing past the armed guards and the fences and the security. And Natasha just shrugs and says, don't worry about it. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in D.C., we see. Sorry. Sit- well, I'm sorry. I do have to say this is another demonstration of the Russos at their best. They knew they didn't need to shoot that scene of them getting the suit. Yeah. yeah, they didn't even need to do it because everybody who loves Marvel and loves these characters knows it was easy. Just move on to the next one, you know, and that's the Russo brothers. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Joe. Ah, no worries. Back in D.C., we see Sitwell walking away from a meeting with Senator Stern, played by Gary Shandling. 
I wonder if he's ever got past uh, giving Iron Man that award. (laughs) (laughs) Before they part ways, though, Stern leans in and whispers to Sitwell, Hell Hydra. Yeah, that's crazy. Right, right. It it gives you like that that chills at that moment. You're like, ooh, they are in on this shit. Um, At this point, he gets a phone call, and it's Sam who's standing now in Sitwell's line of sight and instructs him to get in a car around the corner to meet with him and his friends. That's, that's a great scene. And Gary Shandling, I mean, rest in power, buddy. He's one of the funniest people ever walked the earth. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and really such is. greats as Zoolander. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why he's one of the funniest to walk the earth as Zoolander. <laughs> Although Tim, Tim, sent me, Tim sent me a meme today. Um, that said, you know, when you're driving around and you see a gas station with uh, gas under four dollars, and it's the, it's the gas scene from uh, Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I got up a three eighty five today. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm down just below four right now. I think three ninety nine, three ninety five right now. But anyway, yeah. Well, ooh la la. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephen oh, Natasha. Wee wee. Ah, oui, oui. They take Sitwell up to the roof of a uh, tall building. Steve holds Sitwell over the edge, threatening to drop him. Sitwell knows this is not Steve's style. Steve agrees and lets Natasha kick Sitwell off the fucking roof. Yeah, (laughs) it's so great. It's it's awesome because it's like you know what you call my bluff. This is not me, but she will fuck you up. Right. Yep. Uh, Sam catches Sitwell and drops him back on the roof. Now that he's all shook up, he confesses that Zola created the algorithms used by Project Insight to locate certain people around the world based on personal facts or data. The targets are picked based on their past actions. That allows Hydra to easily track down and kill anybody who could pose a threat to him before they're in a position to fight back. Uh, Realizing that Pierce will likely have him killed for spilling secrets, Sitwell agrees to cooperate and go with them. Yep, so they load into his car, and they're driving down the highway, the four of them. Um, it's at that point that Winter Soldier shows up again. You know, he jumps on top of the car. Um, he immediately breaks the back window, grabs Sitwell, and just throws him across <laughs> into oncoming traffic. And in an instant, he's gone. Like, that was it. That was such an abrupt murder. It, it took a second to register. Like, wait a minute. He's gone. That's it. He's That's dead. it. Yeah. You know? Um, That's some Game of Thrones level shit. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? Uh, so then, uh, you know, the Winter Soldier is now joined by a group of the strike team in, in SUVs. Um, and they start just knocking the snot out of, uh, out of our hero's car, hitting with the SUV, Winter Soldier shooting through the roof. Um, <laughs> the best part is when he yanks the steering wheel out of the car. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so, they, you know, they're trying to fight their way out. Um, at one point, Winter Soldier thinks that he's found Natasha hiding behind a car, and he shoots a rocket at it, and it's supposed to draw her out, but actually it's just a recording she had recorded on her phone to play back. And at that point, she jumps on the Winter Soldier's back and attempts to basically do her leg spin around his, his neck that she does to everybody. Yes. But uh, she's easily overpowered yeah, he by He just him. throws her. He just throws yep. her away like trash. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she attempted to run, but um, the Winter Soldier gets his gun back and shoots her in the left shoulder from behind. Um, As he climbs onto a car and prepares to finish her off, Steve tackles him and attacks him. Um, And then after a drawn-out fight, Steve does eventually overpower him with a judo 
throw that knocks his uh, faceplate off. And to Steve's horror, the Winter Soldier is actually Bucky Barnes alive and well. But he doesn't know who Steve is. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, man. And here's the emotional core of the movie. Is my friend's alive and he's trying to kill me. He doesn't remember me. He doesn't know who I am. Uh, Steve's brief hesitation is long enough for Bucky to pull a gun on Steve. Uh, but he's taken down by a timed attack from Sam. Bucky regains his footing and tries to shoot Steve again, but he's forced to dodge as Natasha uses uh, his grenade launcher from earlier to fire a grenade at him that takes out a nearby car. As the smoke clears, Bucky escapes while Rumlau's men take Steve, Sam, and Natasha into custody. Yep, so uh, Rumlow and his team load um, Steve and his allies into a van intending to take them to a remote, remote location to disappear them and uh, you know, bury them in unmarked graves. Um, as they come to a stop in a tunnel, uh, Sam notices that Natasha's bleeding badly from the, the shoulder gunshot wound that she, that she sustained. Um, you know, he yells at the guards that she needs assistance. You know, she's going to die if they don't stop the bleeding. Uh, one of the guards agree, or yeah, one of the guards agree and then promptly pulls out, you know, a cattle prod and knocks out the other guard. Um, you know, she takes off her helmet and we see that's Maria Hill. So, you know, she's there to help. Uh, she helps them escape from the van by pulling a Nick Fury and cutting a hole in the bottom of the van um, and lets them get out. The strike team doesn't realize it until they stopped and they open the van and it's empty except for a couple of, you know, except for a corpse. <laughs> so. Uh, are you guys upset that they went with the cutting a hole in the bottom of the van trick again? Eh, it's <laughs> the easiest of? way out. It's the I easiest guess. way out. You know, it's just convenient that they were over a manhole cover when they did it. <laughs> yes, like, yes. They no, stopped in the mean, perfect location. I understand, but yeah, that was... Once, uh, once was fine. You know, it's a... Yeah, yeah. Fool me I, once. Right. I always imagine that George W. Bush, yeah, fool, <laughs> fool yeah. me. Fool me once? Well, shame uh, on you. Fool me. You can't fool me twice. Man, don't fool me again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and Joe, before you start, I just looked at the first four words of what you're about to... You know, talk about, and I saw Maria takes the heroin, and I just said, "What train spotting? Like, <laughs> what the fuck?" Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Maria takes some heroin and goes to a secret <laughs> facility to treat Natasha, because she's only a good medic when she's high. Oh, and Fury's there, and he's recuperating from his injuries. Hey. Uh, apparently, he survived the attempt on his life thanks to his anti-stress serum, which was developed by Bruce Banner. Yeah. Originally, it was meant to control his Hulk problem, but apparently it can also allow a person to fake one's own death. Convenient. Yep. He and <laughs> Natasha are a little more rested now, um, and they gather with the other heroes to try to formulate a strategy. However, they don't got much time. Project Insight is about to launch in hours, at which point the three helicarriers are going to form a triangle and lock sights and their targets around the world. The people who will be targeted run the gamut between very minor and very serious threats to Hydra. Fury takes out three chips that will use to override the helicarry systems, and he turns on the control and gives it over to Steve. Uh, within a bank, the Hydra agents work to fix Bucky's arm, which took damage during the fight with Steve. He, uh, just, just in case you're not aware, he's got a metal arm. It's really, really, really cool. And, yeah, it helps uh, with the jacking. Yeah, I mean, because he can put that thing on autopilot, man. Like, listen, yeah. 
after a long day of assassinating cats, you just hit that red switch on the forearm and it goes into mode. Another and commission for Eric. Yep, yep. A lot of lines to you know, yeah, exactly. represent yeah. vibration, for sure. Um, so, yeah, they're fixing his arm. And while they're doing that, um, he's having these flashbacks to his old life. Um, back, you know, when he fell off the train. Uh, back when Zola and his henchmen from Hydra found him. His left arm was amputated and replaced with this bionic metal arm. Um, when he started to freak out, Zola had him sedated and, and put on ice. And they only ever thought this motherfucker when Hydra needed him to kill somebody. So he's had a miserable existence yes. since the accident. Um, Pierce comes in praising Bucky's work and asking him to come back to do it again. Bucky asks about Steve, claiming to know him, like, I know this guy. Realizing that Bucky might be getting his memories back, which is a no-no, Pierce orders the agents to get him back to his original killing mindset. Yeah. The worst part was, though, every time he thawed him, he had to listen to his stories and see pictures of him hanging out with the pimp upgrade with two Ds. <laughs> <laughs> For that double dose of pimping. Yep, yep. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, you know, Steve is, he's standing on a bridge and, you know, he's reminiscing about his time spent with Bucky, uh, in this flashback, it shows Bucky with Steve, um, after the funeral for Steve's mother. And this is, uh, little Steve before he becomes Captain America. Uh, you know, Bucky offers to let Steve stay with him and his family. And all you'd have to do is shine Bucky's shoes. Um, so you can see, you can see the friendship they have, the back and forth they have. It's, it's great. Sam then comes over, prepared to join Steve in the fight. Steve tells him to suit up uh, before, go before going to the Captain America exhibit to get his old world War II uniform. Um, the elderly <laughs> Here's our Stan Lee cameo. Yep. Um, the elderly night guard is strolling through the exhibit, and he looks up to see the missing uniform. <laughs> and I'm so fired, <laughs> he <Yep>. says. <laughs> And yeah, it's during during the flashback is where we we learn of a of a of a line that uh, Bucky used with with uh, Steve that's important. And Bucky tells him, "Look, I'm with you to the end of the line," mm. because that's how much their friendship means to each other. And that comes back uh, later. Um, at the World Security Council, the members are arriving at the Triskelion, tri guided by Pierce. Um, he gives them electronic pins that are, will give them access to anywhere in the building. Steve and Sam now are breaking into the building. Steve accesses a mic that patches him through to every loudspeaker in the entire place. And he tells the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that Pierce is a traitor who's working with Hydra. And they need to stop him and Project Insight from happening. Rumlow and his goons break into the control room. And uh, he forces an agent to release the helicarriers. But Sharon then intervenes. She forces Rumlo to drop his gun, which he does, but then he grabs a knife and cuts Sharon's arm. We see a gunfight break out, and the majority of the shield technicians are killed. Uh, Rumlo, however, amidst the bullet, manages to release the helicarriers himself. Now, Steve. really quick, Steve's announcement got a lot of people killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's directly responsible for getting a lot of shield agents wiped out because the battle did not go their way <laughs> okay. no. that's true man i don't really consider that but yeah, yeah. what's you the know? what's they the, 
they don't the jig cry. is up. It's like, all right, right fuck it. Like, we're gonna exactly. They, you know, um, but yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Steve and Sam make their way to the helicarriers as the Hydra agents shoot at them. Uh, Steve gets the first chip into one helicarrier while Sam flies around providing cover. He manages to get a heat-seeking missile that was aimed at him to hit a helicarrier to give him an entrance, allowing him to place a second ship in there. Uh, Maria Hill, meanwhile, monitors their progress while fighting off Hydra agents trying to kill her. So it's just, you know, at this point, like, the adrenaline, the action is is at 11. Like, it's just nonstop. So I have a question, and I may be nitpicking. Couldn't they just take the bad chip out? And then there's no more programming <laughs> or, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if I'm missing something or again, I'm being a little petty, but Tom petty, um, you know, <laughs> but anyway, it, I think it's all running cool. down a dream. Yeah, that's true. All right. We'll let it go. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so Pierce, he's now trying to convince the world security council members to join him in support of project insight, uh, making it sound like a peaceful effort to subdue potential attacks Blah, blah, blah. You know, he's given the, the company bullshit line. Um, he hands Councilman Singh um, a glass of champagne, but Singh is having none of it. Uh, he throws, uh, tosses the glass. Um, and so Pierce pulls out a gun, aims it at Singh. But uh, Councilwoman Holly, who, who was played by Jenny Agutter, um, who was the nurse in American Wealth in London, by the oh, way. Oh, shit. That's right. That's her. Um, she's been in other stuff, but that's what I know her from. Um, he, she kicks Singh away, takes down the other Hydra goons like w- with little effort, and um, she grabs the gun. It turns out it's Natasha. She's got a really cool, like, AI fake face thing on yeah. uh, that makes her look just like uh, you know uh, Holly. Um, so. Uh, okay, yeah, right. Her backup comes in when Fury lands on the hel- helicopter. What a great entrance. You know, he comes around the corner in that long coat. He's ready to go. Um, you know, Pierce thinks he's still got him covered because they need two people to activate things and uh, or to deactivate things. And, um, you know, Fury already knows that Pierce removed his, you know, access. What he didn't know was Fury put in the back door and also had his left eye or what's left of it scanned uh, and use, usable. So they're able to, you know, create the access with both of them. Um, he, Pierce presses a button, and we watch the uh, Security Council members who were wearing those badges they got earlier, like, start frying. Um, basically, they burn right through their bodies. Uh, yeah. So they're instantly dead. Um, why he didn't just kill Natasha too is another thing, that, you know. Whatever you can nitpick about, but uh, he threatens to do to, to do her. I guess maybe you know as a bargaining chip with Nick. Um, she's gonna you, he's gonna use her as a hostage. Uh, so she actually activates it herself. I I don't know that that's true. I think she used a basically a I don't know some kind of shock chip on her to short circuit that and knock herself yeah. out, right? That's what I think happened. I don't think that activated because how would she activate it and not get burned through a sternum? I, it's just my guess that she sort of countermeasured it. But anyway, um, it saves her. Uh, it gives Fury the opening to shoot Pierce, um, you know, killing him. Uh, and his last words before he dies are, Hail Hydra. 
I like how the bad guy's name is Pierce because he's kind of the bad guy in Community too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That could be a dig at, at, at uh, Chevy Chase. Who knows? Oh, that'd, that'd be fucking hilarious. The Russos <laughs> would be making this after Chevy Chase left Community. Oh yeah, exactly. So who knows? They, it's they quite could, possible yeah. they named him Pierce on purpose. Yeah, yeah. We'll do some uh, digging. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, Bucky's then set loose. Uh, killing off the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that are trying to aid Steve and Sam and taking down the last helicarrier. He rips off Sam's wings and throws them down off the helicarrier. Um, Hydra agents begin to lock on their targets with over 700,000 and counting. Uh, Sam manages to get a parachute out, which leaves him grounded, though, because uh, he doesn't really have any powers. He just has a suit. <laughs> um, he runs back into the Triskelion to try to fight Rumlow. Steve then confronts Bucky and uh, tries to get him to, like, get through to him. Like, as he was his best friend, reminding him that, like, you know, if he does this shit, millions of people are going to die. However, Bucky's unwilling to listen and continues to attack Steve. Uh, Steve runs to grab the chip and replace it, but Bucky swipes it from him. Steve then manages to wound both of Bucky's arms and put him in a headlock until he releases that chip. Uh, Next, Steve rushes to He puts him to sleep. Yeah, basically, gives him a chokehold and puts him out. Uh, Steve rushes and places that chip into the system, but Bucky then gets his hands on a gun and shoots him. Which, Multiple times. Yeah, wounds him pretty bad. Yeah. Um, however, despite his injuries, Steve still succeeds in installing the chip, which calls Hill to override the helicarriers. All of the targets start to go offline, to the surprise of the other dumbfounded Hydra agents. Uh, with the systems now overridden, Hill has the helicopters open fire upon each other, which doesn't seem like a good idea because they still will no. fall down on Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One helicarrier crashes into the dam beneath the Triskelion. The second crashes through the Triskelion, which kem- catches Rumlow in the process. Um, and San, who who is a... Apparently got faster since his race with Steve in the beginning. Now he's running like hell out of the window as Natasha and Fury fly their chopper over just in time to catch him. Yeah. And my issue with the whole helicarrier on helicarrier violence is that the ships are getting train wrecked and the engines start failing, but the weapons never fail. Yeah. <laughs> no. They don't no. fail at all. <laughs> None of them. Must be separate systems. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> So this is the point at which things get heavy again. Um, in the third helicarrier, we see, you know, it's falling. It's going gonna, it's gonna to crash with Steve and Bucky still inside. Here's where Steve chooses not to fight his friend anymore. And he throws his shield out of the helicarrier. Uh, Bucky is still mercilessly pounding. <laughs> Let me slow oh, down man. for Joe. <laughs> Bucky is mercil- <laughs> mercilessly punching uh, Steve across the face, even as Steve chooses to stick it out with him until the end, which is the you know the heartbreaking premise of this scene is I made you a promise that I would stick with you in, until the end of the line, yeah. and if that means that we both die, you know it is what yeah. it is. Right. This, again, this cat is forever in service of his uh, promise. Yeah. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> Before Bucky delivers the fatal blow to Steve, he looks at him and he hesitates because it's you know those memories are starting to creep back through. Mm-hmm. Um, the helicarrier crashes, throws Steve out, and sends him into the water below. He he slips into unconsciousness, but not before seeing a hand reaching out for him. And what you see is Bucky dragging Steve to shore, um, 
to ensure that he doesn't die before he walks away for good. Right. So he got through to him, man, and it was super powerful. Yeah. Yes, um, definitely. You know, again, this is this character is just a shining example of like I'm I'm forever going to do the right thing no matter the cost. Right. Exactly. Uh, so in the aftermath of all this, we see Steve recovering in a hospital. Um, he's he's in bed. Sam is sitting next to him, and Sam's got uh, Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man playing on his uh, his device. Um, Steve wakes up to hear the music and, you know, Sam holding his bedside vigil. Uh, meanwhile, we see Sharon. So it's sort of a mini montage, you know, underneath the, the Marvin Gaye song. Uh, Sharon Carter is applying for a position as a field agent in the CIA. Um, you know, her, her gun skills are impressive. It's just basically a big hole in the bullseye. So she does a good job. <laughs> Um, we see the FBI, FBI arrest Senator Stern and other various corrupt officials who took bribes from Hydra. Uh, Rumlow is also recovering from the wreckage, alive, but, you know, terrible burns. Um, you know, he's got sort of, you know, he's got that, that strap bandolier across his chest, which is foreshadowing, you know, the emergence of crossbones, I guess. Um, you know, and we know he's going to become that eventually, so it sort of just alludes to that. Yeah. Um, uh, Natasha is brought in before a committee. <laughs> it's a great scene. They're questioning her, uh, you know, asking why she shouldn't be locked up. And, uh, you know, she says that even if they wanted to lock her up and put her in prison, they couldn't because they need her. They need the Avengers. Uh, you know, the next time, you know, an extinction level event happens uh, on earth, uh, she gets up and walks away and it, it's very cool. Um, we see a uh, fury getting ready getting he's getting he's in a uh, a shipping container somewhere in a, in a in a yard um he's getting rid of any traces of his former self so he you know he takes some cash and some stuff but you know, he uh he lights fire to it and uh burns everything including his eye patch yep and how uh doug gets all the good fight scenes i get the best easter egg in this entire movie <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely so they meet up um at fury's grave where on the headstone is the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of the darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord. When I lay my vengeance upon thee. Biggest tombstone in the history of tombstones. Yeah. <laughs> I always just thought it was some cool shit to because say before you killed a motherfucker. Because if it said all that, that's a big tombstone. <laughs> I, I had to read the whole fucking Oh, of quote. course, of course. That's great. <laughs> they fucking put the Pulp Fiction yeah. fucking Ezekiel 25-7 yep. on exactly. fucking Samuel L. Jackson's tombstone. Yep. yep. Check uh. out the big brain on Joe. <laughs> So Fury tells Sam and Steve that if anybody asks for him, they need to come here only to his grave because that's some cool shit to say to a motherfucker before you kill him. <laughs> Amen. Fury uh, leaves as Natasha arrives to tell the guys, believe it or not, this is Fury's way of saying thank you. This yeah. is as much as you're going to get out of this motherfucker. Uh, she hands Steve a file that he wanted, then suggests that he asks Sharon out. Steve looks at the file, which concerns Bucky and his Winter Soldier transformation. Sam realizes that Steve is going to go look for Bucky. So, you know, he's, he's 
feeling him out that way steve tells him he doesn't have to go with him but sam replies i know i don't have to go with you when do we start and this is the beginning of of a beautiful friendship man yes Um, again it's that it's that idea that like you know just the service the military thing the 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 yep i know i don't have to (laughs) when do we start exactly uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, that's the end of the movie, but, of course, we've got our, our mid and end credit scenes coming up. Uh, in the mid credit scene, we meet uh, Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, played by Thomas Kreitschmann. Uh, he's discussing recent events with fellow Hydra scientist Dr. List. Uh, did he appear? Dr. List appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., too, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, they're in an underground Hydra facility somewhere in Eastern Europe. Um, even if the American factions of Hydra have fallen, they have many other followers around the world keeping Hydra's work going. Uh, Strucker in particular is overseeing experiments on human subjects with alien weaponry, which is then revealed that he is in possession of Loki's scepter. Um, so he's got unlimited power um, <laughs> in his, in his, uh, in his uh, weapon building. As they talk, uh, Strucker and Dr. List decide to check on two successes that their work has produced. And we get our first look at the fraternal twins, Pietro and Wanda Maximoff. Um, Better known as Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Exactly. So Aaron Taylor Johnson, who was just crazily underused and uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, He's got super crazily overused. Yeah, (laughs) no, no. He's he's uh, he has superhuman speed and she has the ability of telekinesis uh, and two famous more famous sisters <laughs> babies. I don't know about that. Not anymore. Not maybe, anymore. Not, In the old days, sure. Yeah. Um, so after observing them, von Strucker comments, "It's not a world of spies anymore. It's not even a world of heroes. It's the age of miracles, Doctor. And there's nothing more horrifying than a miracle." Uh, the screen cuts to black as Wanda uses her powers to smash a pair of uh, cinder blocks together. Oh my God. You know, it's, it's easy to forget that this is where that character started because they almost, yeah. I don't know. It felt like they didn't know what to do with it yet. Um, yeah, it's at true. this, at this stage. Well, um, they didn't, I don't think they knew like what to do with it because they couldn't do what they needed to do with it. <laughs> couldn't do what they needed to do with it. And you got to remember, you can't use the X-Men and, Wanda Maximoff can't use the word mutant. These are Magneto's kids. Right. So it's like, what do we, you know, how do we, uh, after that, we get another post-credit scene, uh, with Bucky walking through the Captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian and comes across a display of himself. And he stares at it pensively as he tries to remember his past life. So he's picking up the pieces, but he knows, knows who he is. And it's a hint of things to come. Right. Right. And that's fucking Captain America Winter Soldier. I know this was a long MCU episode, but this was such an important turning point in the MCU. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if you ask most people and you look at most lists, this consistently ranks among the best MCU movies ever made. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to rate this film using our MCU scale. That's called hitting the post right there. Yeah, right. You like that? That was a long post, but I hit it. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) 
I've not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs> um, I'll begin by saying one of my favorite MCU films, an amazing sequel. Um, you know, this was not a sophomore slump. This was not Thor to the Dark World. This was, yeah. you or know, Iron Man two or Iron Hulk. Man two. Right. Yeah, the whips. This was the this, whips in the board. <laughs> the whips in the board. This felt like when Marvel really leaned into like the weirdness of Marvel and said, you know what? Yes. If we're going to keep making these, we can do anything we want. You, yeah. We can make a fucking spy movie if we want to. We can make a horror movie if we want to. We can make a, a sci-fi epic if we want to. They don't all have to follow the formula anymore because, you know, we're we're in the driver's seat now, man. Like people are going to come see these things. It's not a it's not a gamble at this point. And they decided, like, let's make a serious political spy thriller with Captain America and fucking Sam Wilson, and and you know they took they took it so seriously, and and man, it's just it, this movie sings, man. It's so watchable. Um, the action's great. The uh, the plot's great. It's it's thrilling. Like I said, it it borrowed a lot from like those later spy movies, like the the Bourne um, yeah. franchise and some of the later Bond movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So now that I've said all that, I'll, I'll give my score four point eight out of five. Ooh, wow. Nice, nice. Damn, you didn't leave much wiggle room for the future stuff coming. No. Oh, because for me, again, for me, this is one of the top MCU movies. Um, it's probably in my top three or four. So, yeah, I can see that. Yep. Four point eight, baby. What do you got, Joe? Well, I agree with you. This is just a fantastic movie. Well made. Uh, great plot. Great action. Great twists. Great turns. Um, a bunch of cool things you don't expect. Um, the only reason I'm not going any higher with my score is because I'm leaving the room for the other movies that are coming that I want to rate higher. But I mean, I still agree with this, this is top, top tier Marvel movie. Um, I'll probably go with like a 4.5. Okay. All right. No, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to end up in, in the same area as both of you. I, I, I do have some, again, petty issues besides the dumb shit I called out just for the sake of calling it out. There are, there's more than one character that was either, you know, started in this movie or, you know, built up a little bit that they went nowhere with. Von Strucker, I mean, in a mid-credits scene, he's a non-factor, yeah. all right? Even Sharon Carter, a non-factor at, at the end of things. Not non-factor, but, you know, just It'll under... It'll you way, way the fuck down the world. No, exactly. And, it, and then it's, it, to me, it's too late, so... And she's in mutant land at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and again, they're, they're minor petty issues because this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. I'm looking at the list here and I don't find much even after this that I would rank higher than this one. So I am going to go a 4.7 on this one. Nice. nice. Yeah, this is definitely a great movie. Which, you know, to foreshadow a bit, that tells you that some of the other movies that are better are going to get as close to five as they'll ever get. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be at least one there's five in here. No question. Okay. Oh yeah. If not more than one. D- d- right. Here's where I'm going to fuck you guys up. Is I'm going to start giving movies like five point twos, and you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not, <laughs> you're not allowed to do that, man. It goes to that's eleven. Why, that's why I gave this a four point five, so I left myself space. Uh, smart. Very smart. 
Yeah. So yeah, so far this is the the king Highest of the heap. Yeah. yeah. Not even close. And if you haven't seen it, um, you know, which I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, you've, you've made it this far. Um, it is it is such an elevation of the comic book movie. You know, this again, this feels like. You know, some of those sequels that we've already hit, like the Iron Man and the Thor stuff, it felt like, okay, where do we go next? What do we do next? Um, this just felt like they took the, the reins off and they were like, fucking, mm-hmm. let's just go crazy. So, yep. Um, man, that's, uh, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. We have some sponsors to thank. Again, uh, thank you to Mo DeWitt, DeWitt Law Firm. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. If you have legal questions, just call Mo. Um, you know, if if you uh, again, it's a confusing. If you're not a law person and and something happens, and you don't know, you know. Then don't call Mo. Well, no, call Mo then. No. Call Mo call then. Mo if you know, or if you don't know. If you don't know, if you don't know, know how to handle the situation, you call Mo because he knows Mo. how to handle the situation. Okay, fair enough. But say you want to like procure the rights for like a, a Nick fury furry film right <laughs> yeah don't call mo like leave no. that no just call no. you could call somebody but don't call i mo. guarantee you there are uh you know legal professionals who will handle that for you but no it's not How, i, it's I not mean mo. if if i'm the first person to have thought of nick furry no <laughs> there's you no way you there's aren't. no way absolutely not nope well you got some googling to do tonight uh <laughs> yeah i guarantee you there's a con going on right now where someone's dressed as nick there's got to uh, be. Furry. I mean, if like, not, I mean, it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, you know, it's so simple. No one ever thought of it. Yeah. I mean, you could be onto something. I've never, I've, I've done a lot of comic book conventions, my friend. I've never seen a Nick Furry before. So <laughs> you could be the first. But yeah. yes, thanks again to Mo DeWitt. No, Google. I did not mean Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Even Google's Too trying hard. to stop you. Too hard. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny if Google was just like, Joe, hey, no. Yeah. No. You're the first one we're doing this for, Joe, but we're going to stop you. Yeah. Just <laughs> will no, not. like it, it will not. Like it's, it's doing that. It's, I'm, no, I did not mean that. <laughs> you got to go incognito. Then you can type anything you want. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we also have some patrons to thank. Oh, crap. I don't have my list. <laughs> well, you know. We're going to wing it um, because I didn't bring my list with me. I'm sorry. That's okay. um, The first one's the most important, right? Yes, I'm remote this week. So our Patreon members, yeah, we love them um, because they help support the show. They they help us keep the lights on. So we're going to start with our founding member, uh, Ms. Hannah Christ, um, who was very disappointed tonight. She was ready to head to Mohegan Sun to go see Lord, and Lord canceled the concert today. (sighs) Because of uh, voice issues. So, uh, yeah. So she's not a happy camper. Uh, we've got Mr. Peter Bianco. Uh, we have got uh, Mr. Michael McVeigh. And help me, folks. You got to freaking help me here. We've got uh, Brian Gower. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got... Uh, fuck. Uh, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm nothing without a list. My well, Michael McVeigh lives in Tennessee, and so does another one. Oh, yeah, right. Our co-host on a Just Surprised Me podcast, uh, Mr. Will Lehu, another fine human. Um, and then I know we have, you know, last but not least, but I'm hoping I'm not missing anybody you're, you're in between. Missing, there's two more left. Shit. Joe, just read them, please. <laughs> That's my purse. I don't yes. know you. Another great human, Mr. Tony DeGraw, uh, host of the Single Path podcast and co-host of the Texas State 
Boggle Champs podcast with our host, Joe O'Rourke. And Which Eric did some fantastic art for. Yes, yes, yes. That is very cool. And the last one is kind of what I have every time I see you guys. Well, yeah. They see that one I remembered. <laughs> our last, our newest Patreon member, uh, we, a big thank you to Mr. Hugh G-Rection. Yeah, thanks, Hugh. We really appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Yep, Mr. Hugh G-Rection. We're headed in the right direction. There right you go. Right D-Rection. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so. so on the next one of these episodes, you're going to hear a, uh, a soundtrack that also comes along with the movie. Mm-hmm. A great soundtrack, too, like a totally listenable soundtrack that got my kids interested in, in some music that they didn't give two fucks about. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, Go- we're going to have a talking tree and a raccoon and. Uh, and, and not in that order, necessarily. People. No. Yeah. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a trip to space. Let's just put it that way. We're going to space. We're, we're leaving the fucking like realm of Midgard. We are indeed, man. Guardians of the Galaxy, a franchise, a, a, a story, a comic book that no one gave two fucks about ever, ever. Yeah. And uh, which is why they didn't use almost any of the characters from it. In this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But uh, yeah, Marvel Studios had the brass balls to make a, a feature film about a. Oh. Uh, so speaking of which, Eric, did you get your uh, annual pass holder preview for Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster? Fuck no, I did not. You know why? Because we tried to do it five minutes after they released it. I did it the minute it released. May 18th, I'm going. <sighs> well, have fun. <laughs> I wonder if I can let you borrow one. Because my grandma's not going to ride it, but her magic band has it on it. Oh shit, we're going to do some sneaky shit? <laughs> do, wait, can, do I get to wear a wig and... Uh, <laughs> Well, can you just say your name is Danine Regna? Yeah, yeah. But I want I want a full, like a old lady out, like a polka dot dress and shit, like in the wheelchair, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she'll be going to the park with us, but she won't be riding the ride, so we might be able to pull something off here. Okay, we'll see what we can do. Hopefully, my uh, my annual passes don't expire by then, because I do not think we are renewing, my friend. We're, we're not. Yeah. We 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 universaled it this year. Yep. Yeah, we got some. Uh, I have to have a tough conversation with my landlord before we can <laughs> do some yeah. theme parks. But uh, there's only one thing for us left to do, ladies and gentlemen. Lights, camera, fuck off. Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh, yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I called it first. I'm hosting Jeopardy. (laughs) Are you, though? Listen, guys, we we need your help. Uh, To help keep the lights on, as they say, uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to just like PBS um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for oh we got all the tiers oh yeah you Back. can either be a friend it, of the show a oh. friend with benefits Ooh. we just we could start to get serious or you could just put a ring on it already yeah. Ooh, damn. and if you uh, if you exceed that amount uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want <laughs> 
It's not safe for your eyes, picks, in my case. But <laughs> not safe for anyway. anything, picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreon.com slash MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And all with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus. What a steal. Yeah, guys. Right? Check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.